disclaimer. Um, I, I was called as a expert witness. It was so um, weird to see your name in all the court documents. <laughs> the I was court. like, oh, Matt. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, you, you were so in there. You were quoted. Said, you were you quoted. Know. Yeah, yeah. Radio Brews News is proudly presented by Cryer Malt. With over 25 years in the field, Cryer Malt are dedicated to providing the finest brewing ingredients to help brewers create the foundations of a truly excellent beer. They are your premium brewing partner and they are proud sponsors of this. And this is Brews News Week. The podcast, I think it's fairly popular from what I've read, uh, in which we take a good hard look at the news, the views and the issues that are breaking across this wide brown land and across this crazy spinning globe that we call home. I'm your host, Pete Mitchum, and it is a pleasure to welcome back Matt Kierkegaard. G'day, Matt. Good morning, Pete. How are you? Oh, very well. Thank you for asking. And Claire, the boom in the room, Burnett. G'day, Claire. <laughs> hey, Pete. But we've no... No gold. We're, we're, we've panned as much gold as we can, and there's none left this week. <laughs> Jimmy had an early start this morning, so we do not have his uh, valuable insights. Uh, this well, week. one of the four of us has got to work. <laughs> this is work, is Mate, it I've, not? I've been working. Oh, don't, don't get me started. Do what you love, and you'll Mate, never work a day in your life. Don't get me started. <laughs> this is a week that, you know, a um, few things to discuss this week. Yeah, we have got a bit to get through. Before we do, um, because it's all sort of happening at the moment and um, we just get a bit of housekeeping out of the way, but um, entries are open for the Royal Queensland Food and Wine Show Beer Awards, just known as the Queensland Beer Awards. It's open nationally. A few changes this year, and I think a couple of things to to point out, and cards on the table, Matt, you and I are both um, involved. We've, we've been involved sort of in a, a steering committee, you know, getting this up and running, and it's been up the last two years with um, very good success and increased entries. True, but Pete, let's face it, if we had to give a disclaimer for everything that we were involved in, <laughs> and, and, and most of it's non-financial, you know, yeah. it's not that we've got a, non, a financial stake in the uh, No, uh, not the, at the all, awards, but just but so that people do know we're yes, not, you know, no, we're not doing true. this as a, as a paid plug. This is, yeah. uh, it is an important, um, and it, it's, look, it's the first of the year. It's not only that, it's, um, and, and this isn't something that's advertised uh, as part of the comp, but I think most brewers know. It's the the last comp that you can have your beers judged before entries are open for AIBAs. So it's a tracking it how are you going? A, yeah, beca- well, it becomes a bit of a, I guess a you know a, a test case to to see how your beers are going. Um, do you need to tweak something? Is there something you could adjust before you then enter in the AIBAs, which is which is great. Um, but the other thing is with COVID and everything. I don't know if you heard about that, Matt. It's been in all the papers. Um, <laughs> most of the other I don't read the were, papers anymore. Pete. Were, were first of all postponed, then pushed back, um, and then cancelled. The only one that ended up going ahead in a form is um, is the Indies, which are on as we speak. So last week was in up there at um, in Brisbane. They had uh, one panel of like a table of tasting at Ballistic uh, last week. Uh, this week, just gone, was in Perth, and then next week in um, in Newcastle. So at least there was something, you know, that, that got up and running, and well done to the guys for, uh, for for getting it all up and running. But then March, we've got the, um, yeah, the Royal Queensland Beer Award. So there are 15 categories, including Champion Brew Pub and the Grand Champion Beer, of course. Um, a new one this year, the Grand Champion Beer winner will get a $5,000 bursary thanks to Lion. So they've jumped on board this year with some of the other sponsors not being able to participate for this year. Um, and you know, it's not telling anybody anything new that it's been a bit of a tough year for for breweries. So I think this is a good opportunity for, for people to get in and um, uh, get their beer, you know, get back to some sort of normal. And it's also a good opportunity for us to give a shout out for um, our listeners who might be interested, I know plenty of them are, in becoming stewards. We've got a lot of spots for stewards this year because we've increased the number of panels that will be judging. And I'm very proud to say that I think eight or nine of my uh, key stewards from last year I'm losing because they've um, all been uh, offered either associate judge positions or judging positions. Oh, nice. That's awesome. So, so there is a – for those who, who want, there is um, a pathway. So it's not just giving up your time and – working your bag off it's it there is actually we, we were very um keen to make sure that we did give a pathway for people who were were interested in in judging because we don't want it all just to be brewers we've got bar managers we've got you know packaging people um people who are involved obviously in beer uh but that you don't necessarily we don't necessarily want it to be all brewers so there you go 
So I know the guys from uh, Sunday Sesh are keen. They're big talk. They talk a big game, those guys. They were going to help out <laughs> last year and uh, something something came up. can't remember what. But anyway, I'm going to challenge them. If they can uh, support the uh, the EOIs, the, the um, uh, expression of interest for uh, volunteering for stewards, and if they can get a few people along, and if you can on your steward application say, I heard about this through Sunday Sesh, uh, I'll organise something special for the guys from the Sunday session. Might get some behind-the-scenes access and some interviews or something like that for them. Okay. But I'm making that up as I go along. But anyway, that's, <laughs> that's that box ticked. We've hit that spot. Um, shall we get straight into the news or anything else from you guys up there? No, that'll do the job, I think. Grand Did... finals are, are run and done now and the first state of origin's out of the way. Mm-hmm. Quaint, you, you guys would be crowing up there, wouldn't you? Mate, I didn't even know it was on. I to say. You know? Sam, even I knew it was on. No, Sam. Sam told me this afternoon that he had somewhere to be because mm-hmm. he had a state of origin. Oh, oh. As Sam yeah. apparently, who is a New South Wales fan, he's like, "Oh, I don't really care this time. It's not, you know." It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, whatever." <laughs> COVID. It's, everything's got an asterisk this year. Yeah. Hey, um, I don't know because I haven't been looking on social media very much. But is there an election? Was there some sort of election happening? Oh yeah, I forgot. Well, well there, there was. <laughs> yeah, no, up, well, well, there was an election of sorts in that there was the beer cartel. Uh, survey. <laughs> Not oh, the Queensland nice, one then. I nice segue for the first story. <laughs> now, yeah, look, keep the this. politics out of this one. Mm. Now, now, this is the thing. Now, this is embargoed. So we're going to talk about it now because we're recording before the embargo, but then it's released. Now, can you guys do it and it'll be an hour earlier than everyone else? Or is it? No. No, it'll be five in, o'clock our time. So five o'clock 6 our time. PM, time. Yeah. Which is 5 p.m. your time. Yeah. <laughs> Right, so everyone in Queensland will get this news an hour earlier. No, because... <laughs> so don't 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 give it away to everyone else. Because all, 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 all of our oh, curtains are going to fade. Okay. So anyway, Pete, um, let, let's yeah, no, no, let's tick a few of the boxes. Uh, just under seventeen thousand uh, drinkers, which is um, a little bit down, I think, on the on the numbers, but. I think people had other stuff on their mind this year, mm. which is probably fair enough. Um, so the 2020 Australian Craft Beer Survey is the most comprehensive study ever undertaken with Australian craft beer drinkers. Uh, the fifth year the study has been run. What were your uh, takeaways, Claire? Um, I was very surprised, not in a, in a mean way, just shocked about the uh, Black Ops being voted Australia's best. I just thought... Well, I just want to do, just rewind, we'll do, that again. do it without laughing. Oh, oh, no, no, well, not, not at all, because, I mean, like, Black Ops is really kicking a lot of goals. In, you know, they, they've won a lot of awards. They're getting out there. They're, you know, they've got huge financial buy-in from investors, something we'll mm. talk about elsewhere in the program as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and they're getting out there. There's a lot of hype. Um, and I, I, I think the fact that they've done so well isn't just a testament to them, but it, it sort of gives voice to some of the... Um, feelings I've had about the beer cartel survey increasingly over the last few years. Whilst it's a like it's a really interesting um, snapshot of the craft beer industry by primarily craft beer people, it's kind of like a broader example of the hot, hottest hundred. In that you know you've got when they announce it, you've got everyone who is involved pushing it out because they want their supporters to return. You know, like if. If Matt's Brewery pushes it out to all of Matt's Brewery um, readers saying, look, make sure you fill this out, when that mob votes for Best Brewery, um, you know, Matt's Matt's Brewery is going to do pretty well or is going to get most of those votes. And so you've got the... And and, And everyone else out at Moffat Beach. (laughs) <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, you meant you. you, you, you yeah. Yeah. I, 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 was using, I was using sorry. a hypothetical brewery. Yeah. So, you know, and, and, and that's the thing. And when you look at, you know, um, 17,000 people in, uh, you know, there are, what, 17 million beer drinkers in, in, in the country, it's a fairly small snapshot of people who are highly invested and they're highly invested because they either buy beer through Beer Cartel, which is a craft-focused um, uh, online, online website. Um and sponsor of this program. And sponsor of this program. Um, they, uh, you know, uh, follow craft breweries on social media, um, which is a, is a smaller pool than uh, mainstream beer, or they read one of the beer media that has shared it, which tends to be a craft beer um, publication. And, uh, you know, and it, it, it's, it's, that's one of the things that shows about Black Ops is they are so good at building a community around them, a really passionate set of 
um, people who advocate for their brand, um, which makes them an incredibly successful brewery. And it's it's no surprise that they've done it because, you know, they may not be the biggest beer brand. They're in, in, they're, they are certainly a growing craft beer brand, but they're one of the most uh, engaging, socially, social media active brands in, in the country. And, uh, you know, a little bit like the Hottest 100, where... I, I don't even think that the beer cartel survey has my metric of, you know, distribution by height square. squared um, to <laughs> working for it because it is pretty much, in in some ways, the, the distribution factor is taken out because it doesn't reach outside of the you know little garden that is craft beer to by and large. Yeah, and I think the interesting thing, as we say every year, you know, it, it generates conversation, so you know, it it, it generates discussion. Which is awesome. It, it's great. Look, it's a really great thing to generate discussion and, you know, maybe pick up a few trends to, to some extent. But again, like when you look at the recognition for the independence banner, um, I'm a little bit surprised that it's not higher given the population that it draws from. But then again, just from my uh, real world experience of going out and speaking to people about independence, the the real... You know, outside of hardcore craft beer drinkers, people just don't even know there's an independent logo. Yeah, it's secondary usually because, like you say about Black Ops, they're big on social media and stuff like that. I'm sure at the like tap rooms and stuff, they will talk about, oh, this is our brand, this is what we do, blah, 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 all this kind of stuff. But they might not necessarily think to talk about the independence thing. Mm. And the more brewers do that, the more that people, other people outside of the craft beer bubble, outside of brewers will know about that. But it probably wasn't on their... <laughs> high on their agenda this year, as we've mentioned before. Yeah, and, and, and people who care about independence are more likely to, to follow breweries on social media and read beer blogs and um, listen to beer podcasts and podcast. those sorts of things. Yeah. I haven't got down to that bit yet. Uh, podcast, podcast. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's a pleasant surprise. Well, but I mean, actually, I mean even, even that, obviously highly gratified that um, we were the, the number one podcast. But then again... Beer Cartel are sponsors of our podcast, so we've talked about, <laughs> um, you know, make sure you vote for the Beer Cartel survey a number of times. So, you know, can we sort of sit here patting on our, <laughs> ourselves on the back for being awesome, or have we just been really good at getting the people who are listening to this now vote for it? Um, because, you know, um, as we know, we've had the Aussie Beer Pods survey um, and you know, competition, and we, you know, every week we do very well, so you'd expect us to do pretty well. But the other results in that aren't necessarily reflective of the results that we're seeing in uh, the Aussie Beer Pods that actually looks at um, much broader engagement. You know, it, it looks at the number of downloads. Yeah. yeah, and I think there's probably a bit of an element too, and this is you know not um, downgrading ourselves or or whatever, but um, where it's more recognition rather than I listen to. Like I think uh, would a lot of people mm. tick the box? Oh, well, like you know, you've heard of that? Yeah, that, that's probably yeah, very or true I listen as well. to it every now and then, or I've, mm-hmm. I've heard about it. Yeah. Rather than you know which one do you because like, as I say, I, uh, I I can't remember what the mm-hmm. what the question how the question was phrased but yeah um, that's it, yeah. Isn't but it? I think the other thing too is that in the fifth year now we 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 can now start seeing some uh, trends in mm. terms of you know what's up and what's down um, from from one year to the next can we re- I mean can we even put it that highly I mean like when you look at um, you know the, the things that we have a little bit of a deeper knowledge in. And, you know, like the number one beer news blog site, Crafty Pint, as you'd expect, it is the biggest um, craft beer reaching site in Australia. And consumer driven, whereas, you know, we, we play in the different space in terms of the of predominantly uh, industry and then your, your prosumers or your, you know, engaged yep. drinkers. Yep. And, you know, and, and it's very hard to uh, sort of compare side by side, but... Um, you know, and we're number two again. Highly gratifying that we we are recognised amongst craft beer drinkers. But you know, then you've got Froth, which is number three, which is you know a, a fantastic publication that's got a lot of currency uh, in in its readership. But it's not as as a print magazine. It's not highly. It's not widely distributed um, outside of Melbourne. Well, even even in Melbourne, it's hard to get it outside of um, you know the sort of the I guess the inner city supports it more you know it's it's got a limited distribution and partly because there's not much out out, out where i am there aren't many venues that uh, are craft let alone that would have um you know a craft magazine available mm. and, and 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 then you've got um beer advocate website which 
I just turned around to Matt and I said, who the hell are they? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. 15 years ago, it was highly relevant. 10 mm. years ago, it was highly relevant. There was the whole... Two years ago, it folded. Well, well sorry, no, the, the magazine the print, folded. The print, yeah. The print version. But I, I think it's a rating site, but I don't hear anyone talking about it I've here. not seen it on You know, rate beer seems to be bigger here than Beer Advocate. So I, I'm, you know, I, I don't even know how that factors in, 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 in any top five. It either says something about the, 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 the beer media and how irrelevant beer media is. <laughs> um, or that there's only a few at the top and then that might have got like two or three votes. I don't know. know. I, I can't remember the last time I heard anybody talk about Beer Advocate. Um, I honestly can't remember. Yeah, you know, rate beer <laughs> you see a lot more. So either the rate beer, you know, it, it, it's yeah. I'm surprised they didn't make the list. That's mm. the thing. So anyway, and, and just to quickly recap before we move on, um, but the top Queensland, the well, most popular Queensland brewery was Black Ops. Most popular in New South Wales was Wayward. In ACT, it was Capital. In Victoria, Moondog, which is a new entry, as was Black Ops for uh, Queensland. Mm. All the others were the same. Tasmania, Hobart Brewing Co., uh, South Australia, Little Bang, and Western Australia, Beer Farm. Yep, and and look, cool. congratulations to everyone. And uh, look, I, I'm not sort of poo-pooing it, but I'm just sort of saying, you know, I, I I guess I'm looking at it from the number of business plans or supposed industry um, papers that are analysing the industry that reference data from the beer cartel survey as if it is high-level business intelligence. Mm. I would like not analytics yeah. rather than... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would it's, not... no, it's no IRI data, to be, uh, not to be unfair to either of those. Yeah, yeah ab- absolutely. So you know, I wouldn't be changing my bus- business model based on any of the percentages, you know, that... Yeah. You know, We're just grumpy journalists, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> we don't like and it, I'd also, survey, before really. we move on, I'd, <laughs> I'd like to take this opportunity to let everyone know that I'm changing my name uh, to Professor Pale Ale. Uh, <laughs> Pale Ale slash XBA was the uh, most popular, most consumed beer style. Um, and the second did, did Hazy's, least I haven't popular seen anywhere. was Pilsner. Yeah, I, I believe that. But was Hazy's Nieper anywhere? Because Third. Third. Because so pale ale XPA first, IPA double IPA second, and that was eighty eight percent, eighty four percent. New England IPA at sixty five percent. So I'm assuming that hazies are in, were grouped in with that. Well, the, Next was amber amber ale and red ale, which was a big surprise. Well, l- listen to my chat with um, Paul Brown this week from um, Deep, uh, Creek. Deep Creek. Mm. They you know, we, we talked about their launch list, and they just don't sell. So. You know, when people are coming up with a, a beer style, there's a huge difference between consumer behaviour, which is the thing that actually drives businesses, and self-reported behaviour, which doesn't mean a jot because it talks about people's intentions and how they see themselves and even what they can think of when they're put on the spot of having to answer a question. Which is interesting in that respect. Tell me one one business in Australia, one brewery in Australia that has a flagship or a... Or a um, mainline red ale or an IPA. I can give you probably 20 that had one and then discontinued it. Same with Pilsner's, which is why I'm not surprised with Pilsner. But can yeah. you think of Bridge any... Road Brewers, but they've still got their Celtic red ale, which I think is pretty much available all year round. But yeah, it's, okay. I, there's one. It appears as a seasonal, but that's probably... And that's that's been around for a long, long while. Um, but yeah, And the, a the, lovely the, beer. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Would you count, would you count high tail ale? Do you see it I anymore? Suppose. Like, because it's all um, goat. Like uh, the mountain goat, goat mm. is everywhere. Like a, a, a pale lager, it is one of, and it's one that IRI data and the shopper data actually tracks as a significant player nationally. I don't even see high tail ale anymore. But, you know, again, we can have this chat in our little echo chamber, um, accusing um, you know sort of the survey of being its own little echo chamber, but you know. I'll reach out to our um, listener echo chamber because ultimately, like we're all in our little wall gardens. Um, let, let us know what you when, when you've had a chance to read this after the embargo wears off. Um, tell us what you think. You know what stands out for you, and whether you think the trends um, that you're identifying yourselves in the marketplace and what your non-beer loving friends are talking about beer, um, and what your beer loving friends are talking about beer, whether it matches up with uh, what you're seeing in in in, in the survey. And click on the link that will be in the show notes for the full results of mm. the 2020 Craft Beer Survey from Beer Cartel. Mm. 
Endeavour Beverages Proprietary Limited, better known as Endeavour Brewing Co., has announced a major overhaul of its board, with the two remaining founders removed as company directors. In a Melbourne Cup Day email to shareholders, the company announced Daniel Hastings and Andrew Stewart had been removed as directors of the company late last month, following the departure of co-founder and former executive chairman Ben Coyman in May. Uh, Director and company secretary Ken Bromley advised shareholders that the changes were, uh, quote, not undertaken lightly but to provide additional governance, oversight and support to the company and to protect the interests of all the company's shareholders, end quote. Mm. It's a really hard one to talk about and it, it's, it's one that's very hard to even write about because, you know, on one hand, obviously this is a, a business that has had people that, you know, are, are very popular, um, you know, deeply embedded in the industry that we like um, personally but then also, and, and and also, it's a business where people have money at stake, and you don't want to be contributing to any um, talking down a business in any way. Um, and it, it, it's very hard for us to report on breweries in in that way. And often it happens, you know, when you've got like a sample that you've got doubts about, or you've got worries about uh, their business model, and then suddenly they're going to receive ship, and you cover that post facto. This is a case, though, where a business, um, you know, went out to market promising a range of things as part of a um, equity crowdfund, and you know, some of the key thing, you know, we've talked about equity crowdfunding on the podcast before, and you know, it, it's it's a fantastic way for businesses, you know, like Black Ops. We talked about them; they have, they are so oversubscribed whenever they go to crowdfunding, and their business is growing. They seem to be doing well. It's it's obviously a model that helps a lot of businesses out um, in a non-traditional way, and it's very valuable for that reason. But then, when you go that route, um, you take on if if you want the for want of a better phrase free money that comes with an equity crowd fund. It's not free money. There are a whole lot of obligations that um, come with it because you suddenly take on people who you are taking their money and you're making promises to them. And uh, in in the Endeavour prospectus, um, they actually said, you know, you are joining the Endeavour family and your shares rank exactly the same as the founders' You're going to be treated like the founders' You're going to be treated like the founders'. And, you know, as everyone knows, I put my uh, 200 bucks in, bought my two shares... Own some fraction of this fourteen million dollar. It's like not point not 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 one eight or something percent. Um, well done. Just just to sort of see what you know, I'm going to go for the same ride that everyone else does mm-hmm. and see what it is. And I can tell you that we're not being to, you know, that the shareholders, quite apart from um, the industry, aren't being told anything. And uh, you know, they closed it in uh, February 2019, and when they closed it. They were reporting in their prospectus that they were running a hundred thousand dollar profit. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, four months later, that um, wasn't full year, though, was it? Well, no, that was, it, just that was up until that up point. Until the, right, that that okay. point, they were running yep. at a profit. But then suddenly, when they did, when they released their figures seven months after they said that they were going to, um, and you know, so seven months after they were meant to, um, suddenly they're running at a half a million dollar loss, and they didn't publish that um, and, and they, they didn't actually send anything out to um, shareholders until, you know, all of the, uh, un- until, and I don't know whether these are related, but it was a couple of weeks after I phoned because I actually bought the um, figures as a shareholder when they're meant to be provided to us. And yeah, so there's a whole, and even then, you're not getting the full story. Um, I spoke to Dan Hastings. He said, yeah, we're going to send put out the full story and the email that came out was as clear as mud. Um, it said some things. It didn't give any explanations. It said that we're going to give more. And even um, this communication from the new board, um, you know, you, you don't know what the thinking was, but it seemed very odd that three weeks after they let ASIC know um, with a filing that they had to make with ASIC. <laughs> yeah, and they on, have to make that. And they have to make that, but they I'm also sure they would like have to, to let it. their shareholders know. Suddenly on Melbourne Cup Day. Mm, <laughs> convenient. This quiet little email. Like a classic brew, sorry to mention brew, but a classic brew <laughs> Friday afternoon oh, don't annual mention results brew. drop. I've got some bad news about brew as well. Oh, um, no. <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, so look, you know, it, 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 it's, it's one of those things, you don't just take on people's money 
obviously, um, you know, reading the tea leaves of the new board, taking over and talking about accountability and control, bringing in an external third-party director. You know, there's obviously concerns within the business amongst shareholders that have invested a whole lot more money than I have and have a much bigger um, stake in it that they have some concerns. But to the best of my knowledge, those concerns aren't being represented to shareholders that came along on the promise of a prospectus. Um, And, you know, Mm -hmm. presumably the shareholders who are being consulted before um, this email went out, which the email had said was... um, said yes to the equity crowdfund. They went along with it. I presume so. You'd, you'd think as shareholders they would have had a say in it. You know, they, they've approved the thing that says all shareholders will be created equal and suddenly there are 550 people who, to the best of my knowledge, aren't being treated equally. Yeah, and, uh, you know, and whilst no one takes glee in any business having struggles or any people losing money, as an industry, this is a story that is important because... If equity shareholding gets a bad name, other businesses that are worthy of makes it harder for the it next makes one. it harder for yeah. them. Um, mm-hmm. But then also, you know, as a business, if we only write, you know, um, I'm thinking of getting a new T-shirt done up. Your beer shouldn't gush, and nor should your news, mm-hmm. because we're not here to gush about every business and only do the, you know. Only do the nice side, only do only the, nice do the side good of, marketing of, of side, the, the PR of it, and not the bit where actually this could be a situation where we could learn from this. And if you were open and transparent with your shareholders and with the rest of the industry, then we could all learn from that and realise, you know, especially with the equity crowdfunding thing, mm. this isn't like a band-aid. You can't just fix your financial problems by doing an equity equity crowdfund. Not saying that um, Endeavour were in a bad place initially, but whatever happened in the meantime. Although these figures, the peop- the equity crowdfunders, you know, so it closed, like, in, fe- it closed in February with everything that the people who put in the mm. 500 grand, um, the 550 people who put in 500 grand were told, they were forecasting, you know, like a 50% bump in revenue from $4 million to $6 million. And there's so much trust there. You have to trust that what they say is right. Yeah, but suddenly four months later, at the end of that financial year, they'd gone from 100,000 profit to Mm -hmm. $500,000 in debt. And the only things that people are being told is that subsequent to the crowdfunding closing, we had a bad... Period. And you, you don't lose half a million dollars in four months without... Mm-hmm. And this, this is all pre-COVID as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, we, we're not talking about COVID dollars. So, you know, Interesting. I think that as... And I'd, I'd love to hear from any other people who might have tipped money in um, who, who are listeners to it because, you know, were people who put money in at that stage misled mm-hmm. about what the true financial state... Yeah. If they were, you'd think that, you know, almost two years later... The company would know they're certainly not talking yeah that's it and to matt's point about uh dealing with the good news as well as the bad um let's get a, another one out of the way urban alley loses its trademark appeal urban alley's appeal against a judge's cancellation of its urban ale trademark has been dismissed at a hearing today three judges of the federal court of australia ordered that the appeal be dismissed with costs after a drawn-out legal battle uh, which began in 2018 with uh, urban alley suing fellow melbourne brewery la Seren and alleging that the latter had infringed its urban ale trademark through its use of the urban pale branding on its farmhouse style ale what i was surprised about on this one why did they bother appeal it like the judge made it very clear that this wasn't going to work for them and then they decided to appeal and then all the secondary, the federal court judges said were, yeah, we agree with the first one. And, and that was a surprise. I was actually really surprised because, I, I, again, disclaimer, um, I, I was called as a expert witness. It was so um, weird to see your name in all the court documents. <laughs> the I was court, like, oh, that. <laughs> I was like, oh, there yeah, you, go. you so were in there. You were quoted. Said, you were quoted. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, and so I, I, but I had no, I didn't even know there was an appeal on. Like I'd have nothing to do with the court case. I just um, gave some affidavits probably two years ago when it was uh, all, all hotting up, you know, with um, answering some questions I'd been asked. So I didn't even know. So I was very, very surprised to learn that, that it had gone ahead because particularly seeing in between the case being filed and the decision, that was when um, Zev had 
sold out from the business or had uh, left mm-hmm. the business and um, new partners came in um, who, you know, again, just as a observer, weren't as invested in the whole history of, of the brand. They were buying something that was actually there. So, yeah, so I was, I was very surprised that they, they uh, went ahead with it. But yeah. um, the, the, the court has found... What and they have the to pay their legal costs as well, so ouch. Yeah, that. that's kind of like double down yeah. and uh, losing the bet. Oof. And speaking of adjudications, oh. uh, near beer brands face ABAC. Ding! Uh, an <laughs> ABAC adjudication panel has ruled on a number of complaints about the marketing of near beer products, um, which is beverages which are not strictly beer but can be malted or fermented and are considered in the same category. A complaint against a Matzo's brand was upheld, but the adjudication panel dismissed two relating to Brookvale Union's Grapefruit Seltzer and the Lion-owned Quincy and Boozy Seltzer. Boozy, that's their words, not ours, Matt. I didn't throw that in to <laughs> trigger, trigger you or anything. Uh, the judgments bring up issues commonly associated with beer packaging, including complaints that marketing materials strongly appeal to minors and promote excessive drinking. Oh, this one really ground my gears, though. The interesting one for me on this was um, the Quincy one, and it absolutely riled me up. So basically... Um, there was a woman having a picnic on a video ad um, for Lion-owned Quincy, drinking a Quincy, having a picnic, and um, nothing untoward from the surface. And this woman, and it says she, so it's definitely a woman, writes in and says that it promotes uh, drinking alcohol while pregnant and that it's obviously directed at pregnant women because she was looking at fetal alcohol syndrome but prior to looking at the advert, and therefore the algorithms mean that that lion, like ba- basically inferring that lion directed it at someone looking at fetal alcohol syndrome. Um, and I just was like, what are you talking about? You absolute nightmare. Lion responded saying, the woman wasn't pregnant. She was a plus size model. So basically, whoever are in, thanks a lot for that. We've tried to come so far with body image for women, and that's what you Mate, fucking if, decide to do. If, <sighs> yeah, look, we've always sort of pointed the finger in fair or any alcohol mm. connection associated with ABAC, and this just, you know, it, it's one of those things that you can sort of actually prove, because who just casually Googles fetal alcohol syndrome, um, just casually, but then who then goes, well, because I've been Googling fetal alcohol syndrome, <laughs> the, the algorithms... It, it will picked ser- up alcohol. Yeah, they, yeah. They, yeah we'll, because we'll, everyone railed on them last time. Yeah, have this ad. You know, the, that, the study they did, the one person who saw an alcohol ad every 30 seconds in their yeah. Instagram feed, because that's their job. They look up alcohol companies. But the other thing is, the problem, <laughs> the, the problem there isn't with the alcohol companies that are advertising, Look, you know, not defending any alcohol advertising, things like that. Fair's problem is with Google mm-hmm. and that if you have alcohol in your thing, it's serving you, which is the same problem that, you know, YouTube has with, you know, if you look at um, moon landing conspiracies, next thing you're being served up, flat earth conspiracies. The, the, <laughs> the, the, the problem isn't the people who create the content. The problem is the algorithm that delivers mm-hmm. it to you. So there's one thing, but the fact that... This is not related at all, woman. Yeah, <laughs> but, you know, you, you're looking for conspiracy theories and, and you mm-hmm. hate alcohol so much that you are presuming that they are targeting um, pregnant women mm-hmm. with their advertising because you have been Googling fetal alcohol syndrome. Oh, my God. But then they get the it so wrong. How to make that leap is just... Oh, has any, mind-boggling. Have either of you to be, guys... To be fair, she did get served up an ad for uh, tinfoil hat lager. <laughs> <laughs> but have either of you made the mistake, and you only ever make it once, Uh-oh. of saying, <laughs> saying to the, you know, the, the person, when are you due? I'm not pregnant. I've never said that. Okay, but it's... You just, wait until someone tells you, Mark. You don't just that's, go. Bingo. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's the thing. It's one of those classic mm. movie tropes of what mm. you do. But this is a classic case of them going... You're pregnant, and because they want to find something, because they want to find. Now, exactly. incidentally, I'm sure that they've also complained about the artificially positive um, reflection of beer drinkers. That they're all happy and healthy and slim, and suddenly, you know, Lion is en- enjoying a sunny day in the park. Yeah, well, but dare they? <laughs> yeah, exactly. People that drink Shocking. don't do that. They live in their cage and beer drink, beca- and you know, and you know, they live in a basement and drink. Cartons, because right. they're all too busy, and it, it it just shows the agenda that is being driven here, mm-hmm. that they've actually used a healthy plus size model, yeah. um, and suddenly and good online for that, and good online for doing that, yeah. and, and you know suddenly they're being criticised for that. So you know, 
I'm sorry. This Absolutely. just it's his, ridiculous. And hysterical. even ABAC said at the end, like the, I think the, the their ruling basically said, you know, just because this woman is isn't unrealistically thin like so many other women used in marketing. I was like, go on, Good. go on, ABAC. And yeah. look, I, I I can say this in our comparatively small. Um, you know, world that is the Bruise News podcast audience. You know, it's 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 we're we're big in Japan, um, kind of thing. Like we have we have our audience, but it's not broadcast. So I can say this, and Brazil. You know, when when we reached out to Lion for comment on, um, you know, do you have any comment about this this thing? They actually asked us to play it down because this poor this poor model. You know, like she is suddenly like you've got this plus size model. Um, who has suddenly been held up as being pregnant, you know, oh, and, and, and effectively body shamed. Yeah, this poor... And they, and were, they were like, can you just be a bit vague about and it? And so they like, didn't want to talk about it in, yeah. in, in, in the broader coverage because they were worried for this woman's feelings mm-hmm. that, you know, obviously uh, whoever made this complaint, who would apparently be allied with anti-alcohol sentiments, um, just doesn't care. No, they don't. they don't. They will railroad anything and anyone else to get their aim and I can't I'm not down with that that's all I'm saying well that's enough of the modern let's go retro shall we nostalgia marketing brings back retro beer pinnacle drinks which is owned by the endeavor drinks group has launched stubby s-t-u-b-b-i-e a retro style beer with a fresh new flavor the stubby's beer is a 4.4 percent kolsch brewed at gage roads in wa with homegrown malt and hops it's packaged in an old school bottle and it's marketed as being quote just like your dad's beer only better retro is a term that was first used in the 1970s to to describe the move by designers to embrace historical styles and the new beer by pinnacle fits into the latest resurgence of uh, retro trends as a marketing and design aspect, it's nothing new, but in a time when both craft beer brewers and retailers are looking at ways to differentiate their brands from others on the bottle shop shelves, it's becoming an intriguing trend in beer. Um, intriguing that, yeah, not going for a can. I thought you might have gone for the old, you know, uh, steel can. Mate, have you but, seen uh, it? It's a, um, like, it's, it's, like it's, it's the short. old grenade. Like, it really is the <laughs> old grenade. Okay. it was called a grenade. Oh, you probably can't call it a grenade either. No, probably shouldn't. Well, but it's, it's that old, you know, like, mm. if anyone's seen Bundaberg ginger cool. beer mm. bottle. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. The yep. only thing is yep. it's a 330, not a 375. So, oh. you know, it, it it's staying with the long neck 330 mil size, but it... I'm pretty sure because it felt smaller in my hand than a ginger beer bottle. Um, I took mine home and drank it, yeah. and it, 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 it's a really interesting um, showing. You know, I, I think Furphy can be credited with really being the first to tapping into this trend when they moved the Little Creatures Brewery to Geelong, wanted to embed themselves in their local community, and I don't think they realised that it was a trend. They were just wanting to be local. Um, and it worked for their market worked. that you they know, wanted. Yeah, with the V, mm. that blue V that mm. re- was reminiscent of a VFL jersey. You know. Yeah, the state of origin. Yeah, Victorian because jo- uh, they jersey. wanted to be hyper-local. But they the big V. Potentially inadvertently plugged into something much wider. Mm-hmm. It's done so well that we've seen other brands start to bring out nostalgia-driven nostalgia tapping into brands that are actually new brands and that's what stubby is playing along to but then we've also seen the rise of genuine nostalgia brands like uh, the silver bullet what was interesting about that one was that i had a chat to a marketing guy from qt uh professor gary mortimer he was called and he was just like yeah basically this will probably appeal to um a male maybe 30s to 40s uh he saw his dad drinking these and like I was thinking, like maybe they're a, more of a mainstream beer drinker rather than a smaller label. Even though technically this is a private label one, so it's, I mean, it's not mainstream like Lion or CUB, but it's you know in that ballpark. But it being done by a massive retailer, hey. Um, <laughs> and, and, and that's yeah. So it, it, yeah. it's interesting. So the beer itself is fairly contemporary. I mean, if you're calling a beer a Kolsch mm. style beer, it's in the flavour ballpark of those of of a mainstream beer drinker but it's still a style that so we're basically all trying to poach these forex drinkers and etc well to me it's another sign that you know i i i think a surrender flag is being businesses that want to expand outside of the craft beer niche are running up the surrender flag Mm -hmm. that well ipa isn't the way to go for a mainstream market. And I remember um, 
uh, Tim Avadia from CB when he said on a Bruce News podcast four or five years ago that IPAs will never go mainstream. And, you know, everyone's going, oh, of course a big brewer would say that. But in that time, we're seeing more and more small brewers who, as I said, goat, um, mm-hmm. you know, mountain goat with their big, you know, their beers are the very, very light, um, either gateway beers, bridging beers, or with the goat lager playing in that mainstream space. And the main Well, you could even argue, Matt, that um, Matilda Bay, you know, really launched um uh, other than with redback but the the big one that really sort of i guess was a touchstone was alpha but and yet uh, fat yak is the one that sort of you know that so you, you can start with something big but at the end of the day you're going to sell a lot more of what more people are not going to be offended or upset by and everything they've brought out under the yak label since then has been less challenging than yak even you know it's been you know oh well uh, even even yaks become less challenging than well, itself. Yeah. <laughs> very good place. lazy yak yeah and, <laughs> and uh you know yak. challenges you know have brewers have seen that the flavor characters that that mark the rise of craft beer are fringe um in in, in a total beer market and you know growth will come from the businesses that whilst having a very firmly placed foot in the craft beer market have a mainstream um, accessible product as well. And, uh, you know, I, I, the, the breweries that I look to, um, to to really test that hypothesis, Stone and Wood, um, they launched with a beer that was ahead of its time when they brought out the Pacific Ale and has stayed squarely in that space. They do have a lager um, but it's for a lager. It's still a challenging. It's not a mainstream lager, really. Um, and then the beer that they've brought out as a mid-strength is quite a challenging craft. You know, like the 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 feedback that I've had from mainstream beer drinkers, you know, is that ooh, you know, it's it, it it's it's not what I expect of a mid-strength lager. You have to go on a flavor journey with Stone and Wood to you know you have to step up a little bit for Stone and Wood. Uh, even their their, their core range. Mm-hmm. Um, so if if you look at Stone and Wood, are continuing to grow. Maybe not so much. Maybe they are, you know. But then you look at uh, maybe Gage Roads, which is another big um, brand who have incidentally created this uh, stubby beer for um, Pinnacle. Um, a lot of their uh, volume plays are in the mainstream bridging beers. So yeah, we we we, we wait. Wait to see um, exactly who wins the uh, what is a bridging beer. <laughs> but I mean, I think it feeds into. I mean, you you guys have mentioned before about like the diversification of beer. I think it just contributes to the fact that we've got this vibrant array of beers, and people are trying different things, and the craft space is going towards these more sessionable beers, and that can only be a good thing. Surely, that maybe that will make the mainstream brewers step up and do better beers. <laughs> Oh, but the, I, I, the mainstream brewers are doing that, aren't they? You know, like the, are the they? Quality, the, the quality of the beer from the mainstream. Oh, brewers. I'm talking about actual mainstream beers, not like oh, the right. craft brands of mainstream brewers. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, before we move on, because um, I know we we don't check our phones, but you have permission to check your phones. Right, we've I've checked that. We've looked at your silver bullet photo. So that's that? is that's that, what I was laughing at earlier. Is that <laughs> a found that out, of the, out of the collection? So so that, so that's uh, like a, a, a true vintage. Um, yeah, that's so it is. I reckon that's probably maybe early two thousands. So that, that that was in one of the boxes that uh, had lots of dust on it. So I'm guessing it was one of the early. Wow, one of my it's, early it's, ones. Wow. So it's, it's, yeah, it's, listeners, what we're talking about because this is not a visual medium. We're looking mm-hmm. at Pete's um, ongoing um, beer bottle collection that he's photographing um, as he goes through. But he's uh, like it's an original, like a, well, a, sorry, a silver bullet Rush's Pilsner. The thing that strikes me then, Pete, is that it's 4.6%. You know, I, I, if that was early 2000s, I would have picked the move from the old um, 49 down to the you know, mid to low fours is uh, later than that. Um, but yeah, possibly. Well, this one were Beer Product of Australia, Carlton United Breweries, New South Wales, Proprietary Limited, um, 26 Broadway, Sydney. So I don't know if that helps. I think there was a Kent brewery. Somebody date it. So... Um, when did the Kent Brewery close? Scotty Vincent anyway, would know because uh, he a, a does quick talk. Update. About, I've yeah. now I've just got through the last the last box, so they now are all catalogued. 
Um, so I will soon have, uh, once I transfer them all off my phone into a dedicated um, folder, I'll be able to count them up. I'm going to just do a quick check over to make sure there are no double ups. Uh, I did catch a couple um, as I was as I was going through them, but it's the, my my quest is now complete. So the uh, the results will be in shortly. Uh, speaking of results, new brand and consumer director at Lion. Following an extensive global search, Lion has appointed a consumer and brand director who will run marketing for Australia and lead the consumer global centre of excellence across Australia, New Zealand, the US and UK. Who is it, Matt? I'm glad you asked. Lion will welcome Anuba Sahosrabuda early in... Oh, did I get that, that right? Amazing. Thank you. Thank you for taking that well on. Well done. Uh, Anuba Sahosrabuda early in 2021, who will return to Australia after more than 20 years in global marketing leadership roles across North America and Asia Pacific. And in the notes that I've been given, and I can only assume that Claire has uh, altered <laughs> this with the, the bold print <laughs> and the three, count them, three exclamation marks. Sahasra Buddha joins Lion from Mars, where she is currently, bold print, global vice president of chocolate. Oh, actually, I believe of- Joe did that, but I second the uh, bolding. <laughs> oh, okay. So, so that didn't no, go right I, into no, our coverage. I did, I so, so that's just in our show no, notes, no, not on the site. No, oh, no, no. Oh, my God, no. <laughs> I was going to say, Whoa. we're going to have to start putting OMG in our headlines if oh we're going to. don't. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, so born and raised just outside of Sydney, uh, Sajra Buddha will return to Australia after a truly go global career that saw her live in eight cities over the past 17 years. She sounds uh, epic. You'd learn to travel light, wouldn't you? Uh, <laughs> this worldwide perspective will be invaluable to Lion as the company focuses on the rebound of the adult beverages sector uh, in 2021 following the uh, heavy impacts of um, COVID-19. So there we go. She would be um, great on beer. Global Vice President of Chocolate. So oh, is that right. kind of like, is that like Willy Wonka's 2IC? Yes, just like that. That's a pretty cool gig, isn't it? Isn't it? So we welcome her mm. coming back to Australia after, after 17 years. Mm. Matt, one that was thrown in quickly, uh, Trademark. A trademark that popped up on your uh, on your radar of uh, or Emmy's. Uh, <laughs> Emmy found it. Yeah, we all started laughing as soon as searching for trademarks. Seltz beer oh. from the Australian Beer Company Proprietary Limited. Uh, now Australian Seltz. Beer Company. That is a Coca Cola brand, is it not? Yeah, Coca-Cola. Is, is, I always get mixed up. There's Australian Brewing, Australian Yender, Brewery, and Australian Beer Company. So that would be Yender, yes. Yeah, That's Abco. It. Um, so Seltz beer, uh, but I mean, let's face it. Now, now, what's the uh, is the sub category keto beer? No, that's or a second. Is, no, that's the second one. Yeah, a second sorry. trademark. Yeah. So somebody's applied to trademark uh, keto, keto beer. beer because our vegan friendly beer or our plant based beers um, just aren't good enough. But for... the thing is, keto is low carb, high protein. I don't know how. I thought, I thought keto was fat burning. I think that might well, be well, Atkins. Like, Remember Atkins? The, no, no, no. Keto is fat. Because ketosis is if you eat, and please, I, I'm going to be corrected on this. I know this, but because it just doesn't okay. register eat on my less horizon. Exercise more, you'll it's burn fat. just voodoo. <laughs> well, no, it's depending on what you eat, your body goes through a ketosis phase where it preferences what it burns, and so you can shape that with your diet. So if you don't eat the carbohydrates and sugars and things like that, but you eat protein, your body then goes through a process of ketosis and you lose weight. Um, so nice. what I'm imagining is the old when they joke about a pork chop in every uh, you know beer, they're going to be adding <laughs> some protein to a beer, or either that or like mm, pick a number from my hat. You know, eighty percent of beer marketing, it's just going to be all bull. <laughs> Sorry, kids. Sorry, uh, kids in the car. Uncle what, what Uncle one. Matt means is that <laughs> marketing is about selling the sizzle, not the steak, <laughs> yeah, or, or um, putting. Or the packaging that the sizzle comes in. Not not even selling the steak. It's uh, wrapping the turd in glitter. <laughs> That's it. Because you can't polish uh, it. There's another one for the kids there. Yes, you can't polish a turd, but you can roll it in glitter. Double-digit growth for <laughs> Heineken, completely unrelated. Uh, double-digit growth for Heineken, 0.0. Um, the alcohol-free offering has offered the global brewer a reprieve after a decline in volumes over the COVID period. Heineken double zero grew double digits with a particularly strong performance in Brazil, Mexico, and the USA. So there we go. Their third quarter results announced yesterday. The company's beer volumes declined 2.1% in the quarter and 8.3% over the first nine months of its financial year. Just included a couple of reasons that it, it touches off. Um, one, you know, when I'm wrong, I'm wrong. You know, I, I never thought there would be much of an audience for main... Uh, and now, admittedly, this is coming off a very small base. Um, mm. But there does, you know, alcohol-free beer 
people do seem to want to drink it um, for the flavour, and that when we, we did see some studies coming out where um, this week alcohol-free beer, um, actually it was Martin Cornell um, wrote, and I shared it in the, in the, in the Facebook group, um, I think it was Martin Cornell, or there was a study that I shared this week talking about alcohol-free beer actually does have legs because people will drink it for the flavour, not the alcohol, mm-hmm. very positive sign. Also included it because that's a big uh, take that um, fair that people aren't just sitting at home getting drunk and you know spending the family uh, rent money um, during COVID lockdown. Mm-hmm. People are actually drinking responsibly. Yeah, and then kicking the dog or yeah, smacking and, the kids or whatever. Yeah. Um, so so they you know not and not making light. And I, I yeah I, I did want to say that because I don't want to make light of the fact that alcohol can be involved in those situations. But when you know. I, Fair would have you believe that with COVID, everyone is sitting at home, you know, looking like something from Gin Street in a Hogarth painting. Um, when it's uh, all of the other facts seem to be indicating that it's not. Um, and the the third reason is to really plug something that we're doing. Um, brewers uh, and people in the industry and people with an interest in the industry. Come the second of December, we're running a uh, Brews News webinar. Um, thanks to Fermentus, uh, where we're looking at tips and techniques to make low alcohol beer. You know the things you need to consider, the various trends, um, and we do have uh, you know some experts from Fermentus who uh, you know know the yeast side of things. But we've also got John Selton from Brick Lane who in his role as one of Australia's leading contract brewers um, they have looked at all of the ways of creating low alcohol beer um, and and the things you need to do and uh, so he's going to be speaking without naming any brands what he's learned from all of his uh, experimentation with all of the uh, the big kit tools um, uh, about it. So, yeah, so if you are interested... And, and just on that too, Matt, Philip Janssen's, for, who's the technical manager um, brewer, brewer yep. at Fermentus, um, is an, the most amazing and engaging person to talk about. Like, he, he just made yeast... I, I got to work with him um, when Fermentus had their uh, roadshow. Ah, right, okay. Yeah, he was over for that, uh, as was Ruth Leary. Who yes. is just a wonderful person, and she's, she's so the lovely, regional sales she? manager for Fermentus, and they Love they just Ruth. present really well. Yep. It, it it can get quite technical, um, but I was amazed at how much I was picking up. I didn't understand all the long words, but you could see, okay, so that process causes that, which then makes this, and and it's it's it, it, I can't um, recommend it enough. So it is, yeah. So we we're not going to we we're not holding ourselves up to be an IBD grade qualification in low alcohol brewing but you are going to have that level of knowledge there it's going to be interactive so you can ask questions but it'll be a great starting point it, it's it, yeah so we're going to be a great starting point um to do it but then we're also looking at including uh iri data so we're looking at having a cross to iri to look at the market you know and whether and why you should be looking at this as a uh, craft brewery or even as a mainstream brewer and some of the bigger brewers have already um actually it's quite gratifying a lot of the People have pre-registered, um, and I won't say which or who, but um, from, you know, big Ooh, breweries. Who, I'd like uh, to have a snoop at that yeah. list. So, again, that, uh, link in the show notes and all there the details. There will be a link there, in the show notes. Wednesday, and the yeah. 2nd of December. Put it in your diaries now. Yep. Um, mid-af- mid-afternoon, uh, Brisbane and Melbourne, and midday in Perth. Uh, yeah, so you can register your interest now. Cool. And the last one. Just says, please vote for Radio Brews News in the Australian Podcast Awards. That's a bit of a shameless. Now, well, and, and, and this was Joe. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's not something that I like. I never feel comfortable doing, but I will congratulate um, James Atkinson. You know, former guest on on the show, um, a former editor of Brews News. Former editor of Brews News. Um, oh yeah, no, but but yeah, um, I, I wasn't hiding that. Um, but yeah, he he's been on the show on our show previously. Um, but his uh, drinks adventures um, has been named a finalist um, in, in the actual awards rather than the People's Choice. Oh, excellent. Well done, James. It's in the niche subject category that doesn't get a lot of mainstream coverage. Um, and it, it was surprising that, um, you know, drinks was thought of as being a, a non-mainstream topic. But if you think about it, 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 it it's a specialty subject. Um, so, you know, and James covers the, the full range of drinks very, very well. So, uh, yeah, um, if you if you minded to throw another vote at somebody, throw uh, one at James because uh, he works very, very hard on, you know, an awesome um, podcast that crosses into the world of beer but also uh, other drinks. So congratulations to James, who has also, um, I, I saw, been nominated for a wine writing award. 
as well. So he's going to graduate with any luck out of the um, category of mono award winning beer riders. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to be fair, those wine lushes are yeah pretty easy to please. Anyway, no, well done, James. No, but congratulations well done. to James, and uh, yeah, yeah, good luck in, uh, in 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 the proper awards, not just the uh, um, you know people's choice. That's it. Hopefully we'll be able to send a letter of congratulations to James, which leads us nicely into you sending us letters for our mailbag. Uh, all letter writers will receive a Deblue Bakes cookie and go into the draw to win a, a mixed six-pack of good independent Australian beer, thanks to our very good friends at Beer Cartel, who sponsor our letter, the, uh, letter of the week. You can also leave us a review on uh, iTunes or wherever you find the podcast. It helps uh, others to find it. It doesn't cost you anything. Um, just search... Uh, Radio Brews News, and make sure you click the right one and all that sort of thing. And uh, you can week, also join our Facebook group. You, you uh, can. Is, sorry, Pete. Yeah, no, sorry, no, I'll you, I'll, I'll, sorry, I'm just jumping in on the script, interrupting <laughs> as I always do. Well, you're about to label me as an interrupter, Matt. Ooh, you get, you get talking about labels. I'm talking about, talking labels. about labels. It just occurred to me that Rellings labels stickers and packaging are able not only to supply labels for your cans or your bottles, but they can also supply printed or blank cartons, uh, can trays, tap decals, uh, barcodes and shrink sleeves already applied to the empty beer cans, which makes them ready for filling. Uh, The guys often get asked, well, where would a brewery buy a shrink sleeving machine to apply the sleeves to the cans? Well, that's a stupid question. The cans come to your door palletised and ready to fill. No no stupid question to be... Ready to fill. Uh, give them a call, 1300 852 235 to discuss further. And we do thank the guys at Rellings Label Stickers and Packaging for uh, their support of Brews News Week. For a very, very long time. So, uh, yes, there are no stupid questions, and Rellings only have smart answers for brewers. That's right. Don't our ask us. We'll, we'll just say, cool, cool Rellings. But um, <laughs> the, the reason I was trying to um, break in, because this week, um, and I'd forgotten to put it in the show notes, very, very special, um, one lucky winner. You're not just going to get the uh, regular beer cartel six pack. Um, what? <laughs> There's more. I can't say too reason. much because this is still under embargo until Monday. But there's going to be an announcement on Monday um, that is. As part of that, there is going to be a pack, and uh, Beer Cartel have started teasing it. There is going to be an announcement that is going to see a pack of beer made with this announcement. You are doing well dancing around Thank this. You. <laughs> um, coming out, and we have access to this as yet unnamed thing, thing. that will be announced <laughs> um, after. So, yeah, so if you write a letter this week... Um, you are, and wouldn't it be well, great if I could tell today. you how awesome this thing is going to be? <laughs> um, like it's 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 going to be bigger than a gender reveal that starts a bushfire. Um, and don't forget too, if you're in the Facebook group, um, the Radio Brews News Facebook group, you can also like your if you um, give, give us an insightful comment or you yes. post something that we may have missed and that sort of thing. That's also included um, in the uh, letter of the week. All of that, all of that. Yeah. So yeah. So so make sure you break out your pencils this week. Mm. Uh, we're gonna, uh, an email from Adam Carswell and a shout out to the, the Cambrian Hotel in Bendigo is an absolute belter. Is it? I'd love to it go is. to Bendigo. It very it is. It sounds absolutely corking. Um, I'd be keen. So yeah, anyway, Adam, Adam Carswell, thank you for emailing me. He emailed me initially actually to ask when the beer cartel survey is released and I just let him know it was this afternoon. Um, but oh, we'll all right already know. Dum, dum, dum. <laughs> Um, he says, I'm a big fan of your work, by the way. I've listened to the podcast for about five years at least. It's the only craft beer podcast with any substance, in my opinion. Cheers, Adam. There's now. another T-shirt. <laughs> you hear that? We've, got, We've got to put Adam's name underneath. We've like now it's officially a quote got substance. From... Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah, so well, thank you, Adam. as a quote. Yeah, yeah we, we should. Say as if we no, said it's not it. us saying it. It's people no, no, saying it. That's why you've got to put Adam's sure. name underneath, so we don't sound cocky. But just because you're kissing ass doesn't mean you win the prize either. We, we, we want to hear your honest feedback so we can be better. Ross says, good afternoon, team. Well, so I appreciate you don't normally take queries like this on air. After the chat about Crown Reserve last week, it reminded me that I have some Han Millenniums ooh, under the house <laughs> and wondered if you might be able to have any insight. What are the chances they're still drinkable? If so, should I do anything special to prepare them? Any idea what to expect? Or would they be best used to clear any drain blockages? Any assistance <laughs> would be appreciated. Thanks for all the information and interviews you've I don't know about you, Matt. I still have, I think I've got four left from my half dozen that I bought. Oh, wow. Never. In 2000. Um, and I do recall the last one I drank was probably 10 years ago. I, I think I, I might have done it like 2000, then 2010 maybe. Um, and it, look, it loses some of its uh, carbonation. 
but it's a it, look. I might it, I, I, I might interrupt you here, Pete. Yeah, go on. Because I had some in January this year with go on. the great man himself, uh, Mr. Chuck Donnellan. No, oh, no. no. <laughs> the guy who tells you that he produced every bottle ever made of uh, of um, Four Wives Pilsner. Uh, yeah, but I think Doug Doug's fingerprints Doug, are all over that. And it, 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 it there's no I in team. Um, That's right. And there's no I in brewer. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I had it with Chuck, and uh, he brought it up. And uh, people who remember we did the. Um, brewing um that chuck and i talked while <laughs> alan tilden actually made the uh did a lot of work the, yep. the, the, the the pilsner um and we had the launch of that in january doesn't that seem like a long time ago so um, long. Can, i can't even believe it's november yeah um so anyway we so do, we so do we have did. to try to do that again and work out a way that we can do it in the other states because there was a lot of interest in uh sydney and melbourne as well yeah um but we're unable to because of the licensing as in uh, liquor license liquor licensing because they export can't, yeah. bonding all that sort of stuff so we, we will look into that. But um, we, so everyone who was there got to have a, just a small little sample because I don't know you necessarily want to have a whole bottle to yourself uh, of the beer. It's, it's definitely a sharer. To, to the answer to the question, it is drinkable. Um, it won't send you to the hospital if it's been well cared for. Um, but, it, you know, it, it's oxidised, not very carbonated, lot of sherry and that syrupy yeah yeah um and, and those sorts of things but as i always say um you know it, it's an experience if not a pleasure um so have it you can it, it, it's very educational to see what happens to a beer yeah absolutely give it a try what do you need to uh, do to prepare it um put it in the fridge standing up because there'll be a lot of stuff sitting at the bottom of the bottle and so you really want to decant it as much as you yeah, can pour it very gently yeah Yes, fair, fair to say the word on the the term on lees is uh, <laughs> rushing headlong towards um, the rest of this conversation. So yeah, I, I would decant it. I wouldn't. Yes, I wouldn't roll it like a like a Cooper's. Mm. But Ross, when you do crack it um, and celebrate it with some beer loving friends, yeah, probably not mainstream beer drinkers because they'll wonder what all the fuss is about. But. Um, it, let, let, let us know what your experience with it was because uh, we yeah. can share that. And, and it sounds like he's kept it well. Uh, if, it, if it's under the house, then it's probably hasn't got a lot of, um, you know, uh, thermo cycling. Mm. So if it's kind of been kept at 15 or, or so fairly consistently, it's it's probably in as good a nick as it, as it could be. So, yeah, let us know. Uh, our Guinness Zero story uh, generated uh, a bit of interest Claire and David Browning. Hey guys, just finished listening to your latest podcast this evening on my way home from work and the Guinness story caught my attention. Uh, Not sure if the widget story has reached your ears last week or not. The general public are definitely most upset here in Ireland. Firstly, we're back into level five stage of lockdown, so no pints. Uh, Then Guinness runs out of the floating widgets for the 500 mil cans. And finally, the zero alcohol Guinness. Uh, we're actually used to a non-alcohol beer being served in bars with Heineken Double Zero, be, uh, having mm. uh, a place in the market for at least 12 months. A little bit um, different to a Guinness, I would have thought. <laughs> yeah. Um, Guinness experience in Dublin, uh, massive part of their business nowadays, herding the masses through, feeding the company lines of the brand. I had a friend and his wife visit back home in Brizzy last year. So after they'd spent a day at my brewery, we went and did the tourist thing in Dublin. It's a great experience and a, and a good day out with a few pints along the way. However, what I find hard to swallow is the insistence the Guinness is not a black beer but a deep red, it only is. if you hold it up to the bright lights and squint. <laughs> uh, marketing, and then he's put a squinty emoji. Marketing people will tell you anything. Really enjoyed the conversation. Here's <laughs> a tell you what. Approved. I think we've yeah, cop that marketing. There's our, there's our title for the uh, episode this week. Uh, keep up the great work. Congratulations to Victoria and Australia for your COVID-19 efforts and get on the beers from David. Thank you for that, David. Mate, I'm quietly chuffed at the emails that we get from and, and the feedback that we get from around the world because like, we, we don't push this out you know, through through social and we, we try like, because we, we figured that we're a bit of a niche within a niche and so we sort of put it but it, it, it's I think the world I think the, the web is worldwide now though isn't it <laughs> yes, 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 he yes. makes a fair point you, you, you do make it but as you know there is a difference between something being available and people finding it and you shoving it down people's throat um, that that way True. We, we try not to shove anything down people's throats you know it, 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 it's really lovely that um you know, we have listeners um, who contact us um, from all over. But I just want to ask um, David whether, you know, it would be a fair thing to say that, you know, we can get a T-shirt up saying, I'm big in Dublin. <laughs> I like that. 
Bruise news. Doubling down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even better. This is why we keep Pete round, isn't it? Now, Pete, that's in the show notes, but I do I, I tease that we did have some brew news, um, and it's bad news for all of our having launched into people no. who having people you know who have launched into um uh people who take crowdfunding um mm. for an investment we'll change it to bad brews news well <laughs> bad brew news okay gone um we were looking investigating buying shares in brew mm. um i i had a recommendation for a site that allowed us to buy at a lower price and a smaller margin <laughs> Um, and I've been hassling Brew all this week going, I'm a, I'm a shareholder. Where's my um, link to the thing? Thinking that they were keeping me out. Um, but it turns out that the structure of this uh, online site means that you, they buy the shares and they are the custodians. They oh, are the legally right. registered. So they're like a proxy or we're uh, their proxy. They're the oh, proxy. No. So I'm, I'm not actually, like I bought the shares and instantly lost 15% on our investment team. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> no bonus. That's early days. I, I think it's $4. We're playing the long game. Oh. We, I, I think we, 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 Definitely we, no bonuses. <laughs> we will rebuild. Um, <laughs> we can just about yeah, handle that. Yeah. Um, so, but... Um, uh, and, and the, the, the brew um, AGM is launching any minute now, so mm. uh, which, which is why there's been no. This is a longer episode. So if no anyone's pressure. recording it or has notes, or and the other <laughs> thing is that the proxy, <laughs> the, the the one proxy that we were given, also that just allows you to vote. It doesn't allow you to attend because it's uh, yeah. So oh, you had to be a shareholder in order to attend. So unfortunately, oh, um, no. <laughs> and look at my own fault because there were, we had a recommendation that this might be a way to do it. And me being me didn't, you know, who reads the terms and conditions? Nobody, you know, like, nobody reads. Yeah, and they were very long, extensive terms and conditions that didn't also specify you can't attend the annual general meeting. It was a little bit Leganese. But anyway, so... Because I was a cheapskate, I then can't, <laughs> you know, turn up and... I'm glad you told me on air so I didn't... Yell at me. Yeah. No, I would never. So, yeah, so unfortunately we won't be able to ask our questions about, but what about China? Um. <laughs> Thank you very much to Cryer Malt. Thank you very much to Relling's Label Stickers and Packaging. And thanks to Beer Cartel for uh, making all of this possible. Thanks very much to you, Matt. Thank you, Pete. Even for the bits that we had to cut out of yours and <laughs> your, your teasers and your... Bad news, brew news. Uh, Thank you for keeping Claire. me around. Thanks, thanks again, Claire. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> thanks, Pete. I hope you guys have a good week. You too, Pete. Uh, and to all of you, drink fresh, drink local, look after each other, and wash your damn hands. And we'll see you all again next week for more Brews News Week. And we're out. Boom. Ooh, subdued boom. Nicely done. <laughs> Don't forget, if you like what we do here at Radio Brews News, you can help us out in a number of ways. You can sponsor the show either by a small monthly contribution or through a one-off donation. You'll find details in the show notes. You can also review us on iTunes or whatever your favourite podcasting service happens to be. Let us know what you think and help others find and discover our shows. Finally, you can tell us what you think about what's going on in the beer industry by emailing us at producer at brewsnews.com.au. All letters received will receive in return, as by way of thanks, a Brews News bottle opener. And thanks to our very good friends at Beer Cartel, the letter of the week will receive a mixed six-pack of great Australian beer. We love hearing your thoughts on the stories we cover because, as you may have heard, beer is a conversation. Beer.